Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, g'day, mates. This is your official ER-arama spoiler warning. If you have not seen Season 12, Episode 11 of ER, where you been in the last 17 years, you fuckhead? Um, but this is your spoiler warning. We're going to spoil what happens in that episode. So if you want to watch it, jump on over to Pro- Amazon Prime and check it out. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Peace. I hate the word. Hello and welcome to ERRama, where we talk about everyone's favourite Amazon Prime in Australia show, ER. Uh, we used to do something else, I can't remember what it was, but now it's all about ER, ERRama. Here we are, Arama. My name is Zach. Uh, you might know me from loving ER. I'm joined, as always, by my ER co-host of ER Arama. It's Mish ER Witrub. And you might know me from ER. Mish loves <laughs> ER. I'm going to stop us right there really quickly, if you don't mm. mind, Zach. Um, ER Arama. I haven't, I've, I've got two things that I want to talk about today. Yeah. Um, Oddly enough, one of them isn't ER. Um, I don't give a shit what we say today about Johnny Legs, and I, I say that with love for him. Love you, Johnny. We love you, Johnny Legs. Peace out, Johnny Legs. Um, I don't give a shit about what we say about ER. Love you, ER. Love you, ER. Love you, ER. Michael Christian. Yeah, we love you, Christian. Christian. Um, there are two things I want to talk about today. Yeah. First one is Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta. And the second one is season four of Stranger Things. Season four of Stranger Things. Yeah. Um, I just feel like we do a big shout out to the character actor in this podcast. I think that we're big. F- we're obviously, obviously, if you have been listening for a long time, and let's be honest, this isn't the first episode you listen to. If it is, I'd love to hear from you. Why? Why this episode? <laughs> I'd love to so hear as to why. You've just heard about Arama, and you've gone. I'm going to check out this Arama, and you've gone. Maybe I'll, I'll pick up something I know first. Oh, episode fucking eleven. Th- eleven of season twelve of ER. I love that episode. Get I out of this. Go Me listen. too, babe. Go, I'm go, with you. Go listen to Land of the Dead. Go, go listen, listen to that, that one. Let, go watch Land of the Dead. Oh, fucking. Oh. Go listen to Kick-Ass 2 with Jess Perkins. Nah. I love Jess Perkins. That's a good episode because Jess Perkins is a funny cunt. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, uh, what you will know about us by now. <laughs> and the sound was bad. What? The sound was really bad. Oh, yeah, it was really bad. I used bad. to do the sound. Now we get Tom. Yeah. Listen. Tom E. Armstrong. And I think, I believe... I believe he came on board at the Sesame Street episode, mm. Captain Vegetable, with Naomi Higgins. So if you want to start there, you can start there, because that's when the sound is real good. We love you, Tom. Shout out to Tom E. Armstrong. <laughs> Tommy Armstrong. Um, no, uh, if you know anything about Zach and I at all, it's that we love the character actor. Uh, and uh, one of my very favourites passed away, and I just wanted to give a little shout out to Ray Liotta. So, Ray, if you're listening... <laughs> 
No, no, no. Um, I was crushed. It's not. It's not very often that, like, if an actor, uh, you yeah. know, passes or something like that, that I, I have a, 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 I feel something about. Yeah. Usually, I'm just like, well, that's really sad. We don't get any more movies, and I hope his family or her family or their family is okay. That's kind of my. It's like that's space. none of my business. None of my business. That's the right way of putting. It. I'm starting to sound insensitive. That's exactly what it is. It's like it's none of my business. No, no, you don't. Sound that's that's really sad for that person. I think it's insensitive to make it your business. Yeah. If you didn't like, but occasionally, I know what you're saying. It gives you a little hit in the head. Yeah, and the Ray Liotta one hurt, and I think the reason it hurt was because I was really looking forward to future Ray Liotta stuff. Mm. And he was so great. And I just wanted to I just wanted to have a quick chat about our favourite Ray Liotta projects because I just think it's important to bring that. Is that a sad thing to talk about? Uh, no. No, but I, I feel a little um, ambushed. Okay. Um, Are you looking up Ray Liotta now? Well, yeah, because I know he's been in heaps of stuff and I know what he's been in, but I just feel like I'm just like, ah! I just, all I'm saying is to our <sighs> listeners, if you don't know a lot about Ray Liotta, most people know him from Goodfellas. Um, that, would I would argue, is his most popular film. Um, he's this incredible character actor that I'm obsessed with, that I, I, I'm so 100% sure Everyone I've brought him Ray up. Liotta. Yeah, I brought him up on this podcast so many times. Um and he was one of, when Zach and I were talking about wanting to do a podcast about a character actor, I think I probably threw his name in the ring and we decided he was a bit too famous. And then we did John Leguizamo, who apparently is also incredibly famous. Anyway, um, Ray Liotta, I just wanted to say that uh, you should all go and see Something Wild, which was his first full length feature film with Melanie Griffiths and Jeff Daniels. Oh yeah, he's in so many of your Some, favorite films. Something Wild is such an underrated 80s thriller. It is so good. Uh, Melanie Griffiths is such a fucking babe and Ray Liotta in it is superb. And it's that movie that Martin Scorsese, no, that Robert De Niro watched that made Robert De Niro pitch Ray Liotta for Goodfellas. You, and then, you then don't yeah. stop. You love identity, don't you? Obsessed with identity. It's on Netflix in Australia, yeah. actually. Um, I believe, although now it's getting a lot of traction because now it's on Netflix and it's like people are watching it. Identity was one of my favourite thrillers that I've ever seen because the cast is phenomenal. The cast of Identity. It has Alfred Molina. Mm. Shut the fuck up. It has Amanda Peet. It has. Um, Cusack, it's it's got it's got it's just so good. Jake Busey, I mm. love Jake Busey. Yeah, from uh, the Frighteners. I'm not like off the top of my head going Jake Busey. <laughs> yeah, I don't want you to. But think identity, I'm, I'm, I'm not just... going to give it away. But that is it is a phenomenal thriller. And if you're in Australia and you have Netflix, you should definitely watch it. And Ray Liotta is in it, and it is brilliant. Brilliant. It's so good. Um, also, I want to do a quick shout out to Karina Karina, which is a movie he did with Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, wow. Um, that I haven't up. seen in forever, and I don't think you can get stream it anywhere, but you can watch the selected scenes on YouTube, and it's it's good. Um, but no, I, I'm a big fan of of Ray Liotta, and I I just I felt a bit sad, and so I felt like I needed to purge that sadness, put it in a podcast, and force you guys to listen to it. So um, I think as well. I just was like, uh, now that I'm looking at his list of films, mm. I feel like it's really nice to point out Marriage Story as a late Ray Liotta, yeah. you know, delivering the goods. We always, we here on the, on ERRama, um, love uh, when, love when some, this is 
Leguizamarama, if you're confused. It's just because we're watching all these AR mm. episodes. But we're here on ARama. Love when a character actor, character actor, mm. inverted commas, gets just a nice part in a well-written film. Yeah. And I'm so happy that in all his, like, late genre films, he got a marriage story. Yeah. He was beautiful in that film. So Phenomenal. good. Phenomenal. So good. He wasn't is, beautiful, but he was just really, like, really played that he part is with just, a plum. I, I honestly have always felt like Ray Liotta is one of the best actors in the industry. He's so believable and so good and so hot. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, here we go. Here we are. Here it is. Um, 90s, much like Johnny Legs in the 90s, 90s Ray Liotta is fucking fire. But, we- but no, he, but he's honestly, he's so good. And it's sad that he's passed. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get it, bitch. Up that he's dead. Yeah, I know. I know. I was like, all right. <laughs> I, um, anyway. I was like, I was like, because um, I was talking about marriage story, it was like, I want to talk about Laura Dern now, but we don't need to talk about Laura Dern, but I fucking love Laura well, Dern. Well, when Laura Dern dies, we can talk about Laura Dern. Why don't we talk about Laura Dern now? All right, I love Laura Dern. She's real good. Yeah, Laura Dern's the best. Do you know that Laura Dern was like, 24 when she did Jurassic Park? Yeah. 24. Crazy. Crazy. She's so uh, she's so good in Marriage Story. Yeah, she is. She is phenomenal in Marriage she Story. She is like Do you know what she's so also good Do you know what she's also story. really good in? I don't know how well this movie's aged now, but I am Sam. Oh yeah. She's uh, Dakota Fanning's foster mum. She's one of the greatest Phenomenal. Examples. She's one of the greatest examples of an actor that brings the part to herself. Yeah. Like she doesn't play anything with a great deal of variety. Mm. You know, like that used to be the thing. It was like, you know, Nicole Kidman was trying, oh, I can do this and I can do this. And mm. Laura Dern's, it's always Laura Dern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But fuck, it's good. So good. Um, oh, my God, I totally forgot that Laura Dern is also in a movie called Wild at Heart with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. F- fucking, it's f- it's fucking it's a horny phenomenal. movie. It's very horny. That's the horniest of. David Lynch is a horny director. That's his horniest film. Do you think that is that Lynch? Mm. Oh wow! It's a. I, it's d- a I didn't even retelling that. of. Well, it's not as like it's not as Lynchy as some. Of, it is in the weirdness, but it's a retelling of Wizard of Oz. I just realised something as well that what? I feel like I need to throw out a little bit of like um. Yeah. Oh my god! It is the retelling of Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Anyway, go on. What are you gonna say? Um, uh, fun fact: Laura Dern' first movie was a m- movie from the eighties that I love because God knows how much I love Cher and Eric Idle. Eric Idle? No, Eric Stoltz. <laughs> Eric Idle is not in a movie. Also with love Cher. Eric Idle. I do love Eric Idle. I love Eric Idle. Um, but there's a movie called Mask, not The Mask, but yeah, a movie Mask. called Mask. Laura Dern is in that too, and it was her first film, I do believe. Well, I'm not gonna look it up, so I'll take it. It's as fact. great. Um, but now can we also quickly talk about Stranger Things season four? Are you uh, a Stranger Things fan? I watched half of season one and I was really surprised how much I liked it. Mm. I thought it would just be a big like, oh, remember the Like, you mm. know, the member berries from... Uh, I just thought it would be that. But I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really well-told story. And then I just... Something happened. You know how you mm. like watch it? I think I was watching it on a holiday and then I came home and then I never finished it. I get it. I'm so excited for you, though, because you get to binge watch all four seasons. Well, I'm and actually really bitter 
because <laughs> my favorite, one of my favorite songs in the world is running up, is, yeah. is, is Kate Bush. Well, uh, that's what I kind of want to talk about is that I realized the world is talking about it at the moment. It was like number one on Spotify, that song this yeah. week. Um, but that scene, I haven't seen it. I'm not going to say anything, but that scene, if, you, if you've said this is not, this is not, I will not spoil it for you, but that scene in episode four which is now everyone knows what I'm talking about, like if you've seen it, is some of the best television I have ever seen. And I I stand by that. And I've watched a lot of telly. Oh, Granted, I watch some shit television. Yeah. Like, it's, but it's better than Jersey Shore. And yeah. we all know how much I love Jersey Shore. Um, episode four of season four of Stranger Things is some of the best television I have ever seen, ever. And Amazing. I will just end it there because you haven't seen it and I don't want to spoil it for everybody. But I'm so sad because that's like my favourite song and I feel like that's something I wanted to use in something one day and it's like now iconically attached to something Yeah, else. you can't ever use it it's now. It's done. But that's the thing as well. It's like when we were watching it, my partner and I, and that song came on, I was like, what is this song? This song is great. Cause I could have fucking told you. I'd, it's on my playlist of cool, chill hits. It's pretty fucking cool. I didn't know it. I didn't know the song. Yeah. And I, I, I um, shazammed it. And then it came up like, this song is sick. And my partner was like, yeah, this song is sick. And then the next day we were in his car and we put it on. I was like, this is a sick song. Yeah. And then later that day, my partner realized that that song is like number one in the world again. And that everyone's talking about it. And like millennials across the, the universe. Here's my chill. Here's my cool chill playlist. Right. Where, where are we going? Where are we, what's there? Running up that hill. I, can I see added that. that. I made a. What a, else have you got on there? Unchained melody. This is like my movie soundtrack playlist. You know, everyone has that. Well, mm. not everyone, but it's like this is the. Yeah, I got Unchained Melody. I've got Crying by Roy Orbison. The Big Ship, which is a great. Mm. It's at the end of Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, and also the one with Saoirse Ronan. Saoirse Ronan. Saoirse. And um, the serial killer. Oh, Stanley Lovely Bones. Tucci. Lovely Bones. It's a piece of music at the end of the... Anyway. Oh, And then cool. American Pie, Movies by Ways Blood, which I love, and then Running Up That Hill, A Deal With God. I see that. I love this song. Yeah, it's a great song. And I'm so sad. No, but you can still like it. That's what I was trying to say. My partner then found out that ever the whole world... He's like, oh, how annoying. It's but, like, you can still love no, it no, just because the world loves I'm it. I'm not sad because I like it and the world likes it. I mean, it will now... I already listen to it most days and now it will play elsewhere. But, but my issue is I wanted to put it in something. But, okay, for what it's worth, get to season four, episode four, they earn it. They no, do I, earn the song. I understand. That makes it worse. I wanted to use it in something one day. But you'll be able to use something else. Tell you what, why don't we tack it on the end of this episode and we'll reclaim it. Okay. <laughs> I but do you understand what's happening here? It's now already a parody of the iconic moment. Mm. The song has lost it. It's like, it's like. I hear what you're saying. If you were a sketch comedian who wanted to get back into making plays, and you were like, and you loved stuck in the middle with you, and in your mind you were like, I would love to to put stuck in the middle, and it's 1991, and you're like, I would love. <laughs> to put no, it's 1987, and you think I would love to put stuck in the middle with you on a really violent scene, about two thirds into a movie, mm. and I would love to take that song and put it on that scene because then that would really create something interesting. Yeah. And then for four <laughs> years, every day you listen to that song and you go, one day I'm going to do something with that song, and then 
Reservoir Dogs comes out. Yeah. That's what I'm going through. What are other songs in movies now that you just can't listen to without thinking about? It's a wonderful, like Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong, I think is the, is the clearest example. It's not any particular movie, mm. but that song, I can't hear that song without it having a layer of sadness or irony to it because it's such a purely happy song. It's been used ironically so many times in movies. Yes, that's true. That's such a good, that's such a it, good example. That's a big one for me. Yeah. That's a very good example. Um, I can't think of any off the top of my head, which is so insane. Stuck in the middle with you. That's that was a, that was a perfect example. That was a you're very good at this. Running running up that hill, a deal with God yeah. by Kate Bush in yeah. season four, episode four of Stranger Things. Oh my God, it's so good. Though. And I know I know that's not an me. original thought, but you're killing me. It's so good. <laughs> You're killing me right now. I'm sorry. The only thing sadder <laughs> is knowing that Ray Liotta will never be in Stranger Things. Um, other songs. There are so <laughs> many songs that are like intrinsically linked to the movie, but they weren't made for the movie. It's yeah. like the filmmaker claimed it. Um, I think a lot of, in a lot of ways that MIA song for um, the All I Paper Planes yeah. with uh, Slumdog Millionaire, I feel mm. like that became very intrinsic to that film. Maybe yeah. Not. Yeah, maybe. Oh, um, the biggest one, Ghost, Unchained Melody. Oh, okay, that's that's that. Okay, there we go. There it is. There's the that's that's the money. That's a very good point. That's very. Oh, um, Time of Your Life, Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing, Time of Your Life. I'm Does gonna... Patrick Swayze films? <laughs> <laughs> Just a series of Patrick Swayze <clears throat> films. The Blower's Daughter in um, Closer. Closer. Although I don't like that song in Closer. I think that that movie is underrated like because it's a play right Mm. um uh, by patrick marbutz and it was one of my favorite plays and i don't know if that's just because i'm a big wanker but closer by patrick marbutz really good and i think the movie did the play such justice so here's my thing right i knew of closer Mm -hmm. i don't think i'd ever read it but i i knew scenes from it Mm -hmm. and then i also knew the blower's daughter as a song and then I watched the movie and I remember just thinking, like, these are not two things I would put together. Mm. Because The Blower's Daughter is this, like, sad, like, and so it is. Yeah. Oh, Can't take my eyes off you. Yeah. It's like really, oh, like, oh, wow, beautiful. Mm. And then it's like, you know, like, I think it opens with it and closes with yeah. it. It's like, this is the song of the movie. Yeah. It's like, and so it is. I can't take my eyes <laughs> It's like this, like, longing song. And then, like, it fades out. And then it's just like, it's like, when I fuck you, I think of other women. <laughs> well, when I fuck you, I think of dead dogs. You are a dead dog. I fuck everything. <laughs> I fuck. <laughs> fuck you. I fuck. I love to fuck. Can't take my eyes off of you. you. It's like, the what? Bars. I'm not looking at you. I'm looking There's at, a- like, weird, intense British people played by, some of which are played by Americans just, yeah. like, Talking about fucking, and then it's like, hey, my better song. Just like something about, like, fucking. I, something a little cold, like Nine Inch Nails, like a little, like, that's yeah. a grimy mood. Like, it's yeah. a, the play's grimy. Yeah. It's, and I get the idea of, like, contrasting it with maybe, like, no, I know what you're saying. Like it's classical a poor, music. That was a poor, poor selection. Like, but fuck, that script is good. That line, there's a line in it, and in the movie, it's delivered by Clive. I was about to say Clive Barmer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he tastes like you. <laughs> oh, I suppose he does taste uh, a bit like you, but sweeter. <laughs> <laughs> 
I will get uh, home loans down to three. I'll keep home loans down to three percent. That tastes oh, well, pretty sweet, you. doesn't it? Oh well, okay. Hold on a second. Thank you, thank you for your honesty. Now I'd like you to fuck off and die, you fucked up slag. <laughs> is that the line you were going to say? No, the line is um. Have you ever seen a human heart? I'll do it like Clive Palmer. Have you ever seen a human... <laughs> That's British. Hold on. No, but uh, Clive, I'd love to see your Clive um, Owen impression. Uh, you like look... Clive Owen. I can't do Clive Owen. Have you ever seen a human heart? It looks like a fist wrapped in blood. Go fuck yourself. That's you great. writer. You liar. So good. Whenever I think of any sort of... Jude Law is perfect in that because he's a smimy little cunt. <laughs> and no one plays a smimy little cunt good like Jude Law does. Jude Law is very good at smimy little cunt. He is. Yeah. Yeah. He does a great smimy it's little cunt. what I cunt. love. I love... I did some, I'm a big fan of um, when casting gets... When, when casting sees through an actor. Like, I feel like... Um, 127, well, you know, oof, but 127 hours with, um, with, uh, what's his name? Franco. Uh, Franco, where it's just like, I remember being like, oh, I'm not going to enjoy that. I don't, know. but it's like, oh no, this is a movie about a guy that's a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and like, um, and like, I think the best example is Magnolia. Have you seen Magnolia? I've never seen Magnolia. Oh my God. Get yourself three and a half hours, settle yeah. down. It's. You would okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna say Tom Cruise in Magnolia is incredible mm-hmm. because he plays this like foul. He plays like a like a um, pre before they became men's rights activists when they were like pickup artists. Yeah, he plays this pickup artist that just says the most foul, offensive, intense Magnolia. Shit. Yeah, and it's like you saw something like like P- Paul Thomas Anderson saw something in. Mm-hmm in Tom Cruise that no one else had seen. It's like, it's not just, oh, that he's a little off-putting. It's a particular kind of intensity. Yeah. And I've never seen better casting ever. That's, um, I'm going to watch Magnolia. You've sold that to me. I want to talk to Magnolia so we'll come back to it. Oh, yeah. No, you keep going. We're on Magnolia and then I'll take over. All right, great. Welcome to... (laughs) Magnolia-rama. shit at each other. Um... Magnolia, you would love it because it's a, it's like, um, it's like a lot of those, like, it's like, a, um, like, you know, like, like this genre of multi-stranded storytelling, right? Like Nashville's a really famous example of it. It's like lots of different stories that are kind of thematically linked and characters are sort of linked, but they're not, they're not like, they're just all these different stories like happening in tandem, right? But because of that, every actor has maybe 15 minutes of screen time and every actor is like the best actor working mm-hmm. in the to- at their time. Like, like we'll look up the cast list, but because it's only 15 minutes, right? They're all just doing the... 15 minutes? Well, because it's a three-hour movie with, like, maybe it's a bit more, but it's... Oh, it's on stand. Yeah. It's a three-hour movie with, uh, like, the cast is... The lead cast is, like... We'll we'll get to it, right? It's 15, maybe 15 lead actors. This is... The cast is insane. I just looked it up. Yeah. and, and But it's, like... But all of them, right... They don't have much screen time because they're all sharing this movie. So the entire movie is, you know, like the like the the last two thirds into the movie, that bit where 
the actor just has that big fucking monologue and they're like, like it's that complete pressure point in a movie. Mm. It is three and a half hours of the best actors working at the time. Oh, God. Just doing the third act bit. They all have this big fucking monologue. Oh, God. Are they all separate stories or is it one story? All separate stories kind of over one night interlinking. Okay, cool. Um, this is the most one of the most insane casts I've ever it's seen. It's stacked, man. It's got Tom Cruise, Julianne Moore, Philip Seymour Hoffman, William H Macy, John C Riley, Alfred Molina, Felicity Huffman. This is insane. It is. It is like such an insane cast. Who's Melora Walters? I don't know, but she's great. <laughs> oh, oh, I know Melora Walters from Boogie Nights and the Butterfly Effect. Oh yeah, she's so good in it. Everyone, like, like I think Julianne Moore, her entire performance is like just three massive monologues, mm. <laughs> and like, and like, iconic. That's fucking. Like, sick. I, it, it, I, Julianne Moore in that movie, and Tom Cruise in that movie, and Phil, all of them. But those, like, it's just. That's incredible. You'll never, you'll never. She, Julianne right, Moore. I'm, I'm watching it. I'm going to watch list. it. I told my partner that tonight we would watch. Um, RuPaul's Drag Race, the new episode, and Showgirls. Great. So um, I can't watch it tonight, but I will watch Magnolia at some point in the next week. Mark my words. Um, I just want to say, before we get into the the, um, ERama, on perfect casting to the point where you're just like, he sourced something and you whatever. I think that um, Nicole Kidman in The Others is some of the best casting ever. Mm. To the point where Nicole Kidman plays a neurotic person so well that for the vast majority of my life, I wasn't a big fan of Nicole Kidman because I thought she was neurotic mm. and annoying. And then I saw Big Little Lies and it just, I just went, I just spat everywhere, all over Zach's desk. Um, but I just saw that and went, she is the most phenomenal actress and I just think, and I'm obsessed with Nicole Kidman now, I think that Nicole Kidman in The Others is some of the best casting I've ever seen. And know? I know that's like not, it's not even my favourite movie. It's not even like, it's not like, you know, it's good. It's a good film, but it's not that great. Yeah. But I think the casting in that of Nicole Kidman, I can't imagine anyone doing that role as well as Nicole Kidman. I I feel that way about Nicole Kidman in The Hours. Oh, The Hours. Right? Which came out about the same time. Mm. And I remember, remember when we had Zoe Coombs-Mara on and she described, um, she described it as like the, the when back in the 2000s people thought acting was an extreme sport. Yes. It was about, it was, it was about how much you could do. And I yeah. think I've said this a billion times about Nicole Kidman on this mm. show, but it's like Nicole Kidman is like Laura Dern. Mm-hmm. In, 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 if she's playing, there's a particular thing she does and she does that so phenomenally. Mm-hmm. And the, but like she was in the 2000s. So they were like, well, what else can you do? Yeah. Like, I love how people are like, no, she's not good. She's only phenomenal at one kind of character. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, fine. Yeah, just so cast what? her in that. <laughs> yeah, it's so stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, anyway, that, it's that uptight thing. Yeah. She's phenomenal at it. One more, one more. This is different, and then we'll talk about AR. Yeah. Is is the is the Tom Cruise is I just watched um Top Gun. The new one? The new one. Oh, is it good? Loved it. Oh my god, I've heard such good things. Loved it. Don't tell me anything, I'm seeing it with my partner at the cinemas next week. Loved it. If you love Tom Cruise movies, it's great. If you love Top Gun, it's great. Loved it. Great. 
And it's fucking like, sick. I've never seen a thing that has just combined people better. Like people are just like, yeah, but it's like, um, which cinema did you see it at? Can you say? Yeah, I, I I went to a I saw it at a Hoyt's and on on like a oh. big 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 screen. There's a funny story about it. It's on my Instagram. You can look it up. Um, but I I um, watched that film right, and it's it's so good that it's like, you know, like people will be like, yeah, but it's like it's American war propaganda, and it's just like, yeah, loved it. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, yeah, but it's like pro-military. I'm like, okay, yep. I'm anti-military. Anyway, yeah. loved it. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. It's That's like, absolutely fine. It's such a good movie mm. that I like Miles Teller, mm. who I find very unsettling. Mm. I'm going to regret saying that one day. I'll just like meet him at a yeah. fucking, he'll, he'll host the fucking Logies yeah, or something. And you shit your pants. But Miles Teller loved him in it. And I was like, oh. Miles Teller... I think might be the next Tom Cruise in the sense that you just put him in just action movies, get him to be intense. That's great. <laughs> I loved Miles Teller in this movie. Good job, Bobby. Good for you, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> That's good for you. Good for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, okay ER it's time Rama. to talk about ER. I don't even know how much time we have left. On the, well, fucking let's keep chatting. Fucking YOLO. Who gives a shit? Here we go. YOLO. Here's your blurb. Um, uh, I just took a bunch of notes last night, so I'm going to try and make this um, sound like a proper written blurb. Um, episode 11 of season 12 of ER is titled If Not Now. Uh, it's two weeks post-Christmas. Liar Liar is pregnant with Practical Magic's baby and we learn that neither of them are 100% sure whether they want to keep or terminate. They have many discussions about this which are presented to the audience through flashback scenes which doesn't fit the style of ER at all and is completely unnecessary. Mm. Um, we also learn that Practical Magic is a big-time Christian who can recite the Bible to Christian patients. Uh, at some point in the episode, he also announces to Liar Liar that he does want to keep the baby, that he's 100% sure about that, but she's not too sure. She goes to an abortion clinic, decides not to abort the baby, and decides to then keep the baby. <clears throat> uh, the strict chief of medicine, the one that always wears scarves, slips on some ice and hurts her hip, uh, and then Bendit like Beckham uh, rotates her hip and she goes, ow! And so something's wrong there. Uh, we learn that a walk to remember has a dream of making it in the music biz with his boys that make up some sort of band. <laughs> so weird that none of us have ever heard about. Uh, it's his big dream, even though he would have spent the last 10 years of his life working 70 to 80 hours a week studying to be a surgeon. He requests to take some time off to meet with a record producer. Uh, anyway, enough about all that shit. Stuff is getting really full on for our friend Victor Clemente. He mm. continues to flirt and argue with sexy East Coast past lover that is married to a cop. Uh, it also seems that rather than it just being like a flirtatious fun thing, that they're actually quite into each other. Mm. Um, while treating a stab victim uh, in the ER, two cops that look like 1930s mob bosses rock up mm. and threaten to destroy Victor's career unless he tells them where the sexy East Coast lover is. He refuses to tell them where she is and spends the rest of the episode panicking on a rooftop with 8 Mile. Um, 
That's mm. my blurb. I, um, I will also say if you want to watch this episode of ER, um, I hope I'm not saying this too late now, but a bit of a trigger warning, there is some stuff about uh, sexual assault and rape and pregnancy and abortion. So it's a trigger warning. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, cool. So let's discuss, shall we? I think I've covered most things in that blurb. I think the best part was discovering that A Walk to Remember or Shane West, who at this point I'm sure you're all aware is my favourite. Fucking yeah. can't stand that guy. You're going to regret that one, though. No, I don't think I will. I do not think I will. I think there's every, like, there's every chance you will. There's every chance that Shane West and you could collide at some point. How? You... All right, okay, I take back that I can't stand him. I don't know him. And if you want to hire me alongside Shane West, I, yeah. I accept the job. I can just see it. I can just see it. Like, maybe Shane West... It's just, unfortunately for Shane West, he is in my least favourite movie. Yeah. Which is A Walk to Remember. I yeah. can't stand that film. Although, for some reason... I don't think reason, you're going to regret it. I fully some, take that back. For some reason, I still like Mandy Moore. So yeah. I don't know. Uh, but because he's in that movie and I can't stand his character in A Walk to Remember, it has just bled into reality. And now I think that he is that character. I'm sure he's, he's nothing like that character. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so he all of a sudden just at the start of the episode, it's like, oh, my God, I have this meeting with a record producer for me and my boys in my band. This is my dream. Haven't you ever had a dream? It's like you are a certified. I, I think he's like a resident, but like, uh, yeah, resident. But how is this band your dream? You've just, you're a surgeon. They went to the, they went to his concert, remember? That's where he met Kat Denning. That wasn't his concert, was it? Yeah, that was, it was a concert. No, that was his concert. He was playing at that concert. Oh, really? Because mm. he was giving out flyers. Oh, okay. That was his well, concert. All right, well, whatever. Like, what, you're not, that's the most unrealistic that you would then also be like, and he goes and asks the chief of medicine if he can take some time off, and she's just like, you're an excellent surgeon, and this is where you're meant to be. It's like, you would have spent, do you know how hard it is to get to the position that you're in right now as a surgeon? Is it? Yeah. Like, if you want to be, like, I'm, hey. I, I, like, maybe- this is a real quirk in my life that I can go into if you want to, yeah. but I know a lot of, I know a lot of doctors mm. who like to make music or do acting, um, and and I, I just want to let you know that his story is surprisingly believable. Really? Yeah. Hundred percent. Explain to me how I'm not trying to be a cunt. I, no, I, how is it possible that you can? Because do you know how hard you have to work to become a surgeon? Like, I don't if, think he's a surgeon. I think he's just a doctor. No, she goes to him. You're a brilliant surgeon. Oh, I thought he was just a brilliant doctor. No, you're a brilliant surgeon. Has he ever done surgery? No, surgery's the mean lady that's always like, don't bring them up if they're, they're not ready. He's just a doctor because he's just doing, like, doctory things most oh, of the time. Oh, maybe she said you're an excellent doctor. I swear she said you're an it's excellent It's still very surgeon. hard to be a doctor, so I'm not, like, it's still very hard to be a doctor, Mish. Yeah. So your point still stands. I just think that, yeah, like, the hours that you have to work on, like... So what I would say is medicine, it's like being a doctor, being a lawyer... I like the two things that people get pressured into. Mm. You know what I mean? Like those are the two. I can't believe I'm defending the Shane West cool band <laughs> story. <laughs> no, go for it. Being a doctor, being a, like being a doctor, being those are the two things that people kind of get pressured into, right? Mm-hmm. Now, there are a lot of people that are smart enough to be doc- like it's like I'll be a doc. Like think about like. 
the kids at school that were kind of from school that were kind of like pressured to be like they were going to be a lawyer or a doctor. Like that's the that's still held in very high regard. So there's a lot of people that are very very musically talented, very talented artists, but then like they have to study like mm-hmm. you know that's that family expectation, and then it just becomes this like. Well, you study that, but while you're at uni, you can still keep playing. And then it's like, well, then I'll do my residency and I'll keep playing. Yeah, okay, you make a point. Really, like, at that age, I just know a lot of people <laughs> like that. And it's also, like, the other thing I would say is usually people, like, people that smart, if there's a lot of pressure on a person to be a doctor, there's often, through their teen years, a lot of pressure on them to be good at extracurricular activity. Mm. So, like... You, like like the amount of great pianists that become doctors you know what i mean yeah. like it's like the 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 thing to be a great being a great pianist is having parents that are like harsh enough mm-hmm. that you practice every day but not so harsh that they're like yeah whatever fucking have a crack at being a piano <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's a fair point <laughs> and that's where i think he lied i i, I think th- i see a character I, I, you I, think that Shane West's I can't parents, believe I'm defending You think a walk to remember's parents pressured him to do to do medicine? Um, I think that, you know, maybe not pressured him. What's his backstory, Zach? I what is a walk to remember? What's his character's name? Shane West, a walk to remember. <laughs> okay, One of those two whatever. things. I can't a remember. walk to remember in ER. Yeah. What is his backstory? Because what we know of him for sure is yeah. that he's big sexy boy who yeah. likes who likes to have sex yeah. right we know he likes sex and flirting with women's mm-hmm. uh, we know that he's an excellent doctor okay that he's an excellent doctor that he lives with Bendit like Beckham mm-hmm. we do know that don't yes, we yes we do yeah um, and we also know that being in a band and having a music career is his big dream yeah that's his big dream. What else do we know about him? I don't know what we know, and I'm, I'm sure that there's, like, information, people who have watched him. At this point, from what we know from the last X amount of episodes we've watched. Because he was already in it when we started watching. Yes. So I'm only making assumptions, conjecture. Mm-hmm. I don't know what was revealed before and after. Here's what I think. Yeah. I think he went to a really good private school. Absolutely, he did. I think he went to a really good private school, um, possibly, probably all boys. Okay. But maybe not. But very good. Like, um, if you're a Melbourne listener, like Wesley Minimum. You know, like Wesley. Oh, so like an uppity boys' school. Is that uppity? I don't know, actually. Oh, Wesley. Wesley's like one of those kind of like, no offence to all of our listeners from Wesley. (laughs) I do know. I've I've heard there's a lot of Leguizamo fans that go to Wesley. Wesley kids. Um, They said it's quite an uppity Right. Private school. They have purple co- uh, uniforms. Yeah. Purple costumes. They are kind of like costumes. I like that they're fair. purple. Anyway, um, so, so well, I don't know then. What I'm saying is I went to a Catholic school mm-hmm. in coal mine and country. Yeah. Right. So that was technically a private school, but it was Catholic and coal mine and country. Yeah. <laughs> so how I just described it there Probably not what you're imagining. Like yeah. neither end. Of, like what I just described is not wasn't that bad, but it also wasn't like fancy. He didn't go to a Catholic school yeah. in the country. He went to like a good inner suburbs, leafy green suburb, leafy green suburb. Okay. Yep. Um, like an Ivanhoe. Like an Ivanhoe, whatever the boys, whatever your boys. School. We had an Ivanhoe boys in Ivanhoe, but now it's Ivanhoe Grammar. It went co-ed. 
Is Ivanhoe now co-ed? No, so there was an Ivanhoe girl. When okay. I was back back in the old days, yeah. when I went to high school, there was an Ivanhoe girls. Yeah. Which was, am I doxing myself by saying that 20 years ago I went to the high school at Ivanhoe girls? If you want, it's absolutely. Whatever, I went to Ivanhoe girls. Uh, there there so. was also an Ivanhoe boys grammar school. Right. But while I was in high school, like around year nine, the boys school turned co-ed. But of course, by turning co-ed, they had about 12 girls there. And now I think that they're probably, I don't know, but like now it's Ivanhoe grammar school and Ivanhoe girls grammar school. So there's still an all girls school and then a co-ed school, both private. That's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. <laughs> That's just disgusting. Why is that? Oh, we'll let the boys have girlfriends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, this boys' school is yeah. ridiculous, mm. but we'll still have the girls' school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ew. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Um, I couldn't speak to boys till I was 21. <laughs> but, you know, I've known a few boys that have gone to all boys' schools and they are really good with women so yeah, it's, only, it's only a one way yeah that's it um <laughs> that was i was being ironic um so <laughs> what i what i what i what i think is he went to a good school possibly all boys right the type of school where you just get a good score mm-hmm. you know by my country boy standards mm-hmm. like you just get a good, like, whatever the entry... I don't know what the American equivalent is, but you just get a good ATAR. Like, you get... It's over 90. It's shame, shame, shame if it's low in the 90s yeah. or high in the 80s, right? Where, like, I got low 80s and people were like, you're a genius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, oh, my... How the fuck did yeah. you do that? Yeah. Right? Um, also because they had very low expectations. <laughs> This kid sits at the back of, like, have I told you this on this podcast? No. I used to do, um, <laughs> in maths. <laughs> what? I have to know. I did maths up until year 11, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you just had to do maths. And I was like, oh, I don't like maths. So what, uh, let me tell you my maths journey and then I'll come back to Shane West. Yeah, sure. Sorry, I'm like. <laughs> this is great. So I did maths. I was, you know, you know, when you're like, I feel like you're similar to me, bright enough that Mm. all from seven, eight and nine, I didn't really listen during maths class. I was like polite enough. I just didn't listen or work or Mm -hmm. anything, but I was like, but I could just cram the night before and pass the test. So it's like, they'd be teaching us about Pythagoras's theory whatever and I would never really finish the work and then I would go all right I just have to know for this test Pythagoras's theory this this and this and then I'll be fine and then I did that and I was like fuck that's is easy right I hate it but it's easy and then I got to like I feel like it was year 10 um which is like the fourth year of high school if you're listening from not Australia and um and then they were just like, okay, so now you just apply Pythagoras' theorem. <laughs> you know how they yeah, were like yeah, that? Yeah, I was yeah. like, now just apply Pythagoras' theorem to this bigger equation. And I was just like, I was meant to remember that. Yeah. Like, and I just was like, I, I haven't listened for, for like five years. Like I have not retained anything for five years. I have no idea. Like I didn't know I was meant to retain this. Mm-hmm. Like no one told me I was meant to keep this in me. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, fuck. So I did... Um, year 10 maths and it was like real wobbly and then I did year 11 which is like the second last year 
and there was this thing, I can't remember what it was called, but it was this, it was called CAD maths or whatever. Yeah. Right? And it was like using formulas rather than equations, right? So, and basically it was a different kind of maths. Rather than using a calculator, yeah. you would use formulas to work it out. And it was a bit more about computing and stuff. That, that's how I would describe it to you right now. Okay. I what I heard when I was at the in, end of year 10 was, um, was this is a type of maths where you can just get a computer to do it for you. <laughs> like oh, instead of a God. calculator, I was like, fuck, that sounds easy. You just put the numbers into the computer and it gives you the answer. Why isn't everyone doing this? So then I did this computer maths and we did it in the IT lounge. You can get calculators yeah, yeah. for it. And then they're like, oh, no, it's actually about like computer equations. It's like coding. Yeah. And I was like, I have no idea. So, and I shit you not, I spent the entirety, maybe this is year 10. No, it would have been year 11. I spent the entirety of year 11. Um, the screens were a bit reflective in my computer lounge. Maybe I've told this story. No, I've never heard this before. The screens were a bit reflective in the computer lounge. Um, and I worked out that if you made the background black on paint, you know, paint that, like just not Photoshop, just paint. Yeah, yeah. And then zoomed in, you could like trace your own reflection. <laughs> You just you made the background black, zoom in and use white. So I would just I just had a folder. Oh my god. I had a folder. I sat at the back of class and I literally just I had like Trace your own face. Uh, but I like I started tracing the entire classroom. I started moving forward in the class so I could get the whole class and I would do these pictures, these like little pixely pictures mm. of the entire class. Of just like of everyone's faces, just tracing the reflection, and I was just sitting there, and they're like, and then you do this, I'd be like, uh huh, and then I traced my face, and I got such a bad result. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember in math those calculators we had to get? What were they? Graphics calculators. Those big ass calculators. Yeah, no, I didn't because I was doing the computer okay. one. I was tracing my own reflection. I found. With... I don't know because I I I. I tried really hard in about three subjects and all the others, not at all. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And one of them was maths. Really? I, Just because it was like... I Because li I didn't enjoy it. I, I, I liked what I enjoyed. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I just, I think my school made you think that you had to do maths. Same. Right? Everyone was, yeah, yeah. So, um, and I did maths, I did maths all the way up to the end of year 12. And um, I hated it. And I, I, I just, it was bored as shit. But I had this graphics calculator and I discovered that there was a skiing game on the graphics calculator Amazing. if you went into the right. So I spent the entire Amazing. of year 11 and 12, my final years of high school, just playing a skiing game on the graphics calculator. And I did so badly. I was doing general maths. I did so badly. But I just remember being like, that's cool because one of your subjects doesn't count. Not considering that I also had three other subjects that I spent the entirety playing the skiing game for as oh, well. Amazing. Anyway, so Shane West goes to. So no, well, this is where I'm getting at, right? Okay, so, yeah. so I, like, I, the reason I said that was I didn't do maths. I didn't do maths. Mm -hmm. So they were like, "Well, if you didn't do maths, you're going to do really badly," and they discounted me, and that's why they were shocked. Anyway, he went to the sort of school where you just get a good score. Because of the school you go to, yep. it, it, by my standards, right? But he also was a smart guy, right? So he went to a good school. Was he a bit of a lad? 
Oh yeah, I, that's why I think all boys school. You know, where how like like that's the sort of school where like where I went to school. If if you were smart, you it was rare that you could also be a lad. Mm-hmm. But like the sort of school where you could kind of do sport, be smart, do music, and mm. it's all kind of like it's they, almost it's almost cooler if you're a jack of all trades. They kind of tie, they tie this they they tie that competitive yes weirdness that boys have to their academic success. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's a real private school thing. I yeah. think, you know, yeah. like you 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 you're good at school and you're good at sport. You're the king of the school, which to me is like th- those are separate. There's the nerds and the yeah, the nerds <laughs> and the sporty boys, <laughs> and then the weird weirdo kids the, yeah. near the music center. Um, and anyway, like I think he went to that sort of school where, and I think he was a smart guy. And he did pretty well. He didn't have to work that hard because the school was good enough. They told him exactly, you know, it's mm-hmm. what private schools do. So he didn't have to work that hard, but he worked hard enough in year 12. He wanted to get a good result because his parents, I think his dad is a businessman, you know, like he's, he comes from money, yeah. right? But he always loved music. And up until year 12, like there was absolutely no issue with him doing music as well. So long as he got good results, he mm-hmm. could do music. And then he just went to, like, it was like, what are you going to do? You have to go to uni. You can't do music. Like, not like in a pressure, pressure, pressure. Just like, that's the world he lived in. You know what I mean? Like, just. Mm -hmm. And then I think often you have to do bad enough at school to convince. Like, a lot of people have to do bad enough at school to convince their parents to let them go. Yeah. But he did well enough. He got a score that could get him into medical school. So he just thought, oh, I'll do medical school. And this is where it went wrong for him. Yeah, when did the band come up? I think the band's maybe going... The, the band life is, is going all the way through this. Oh, so he started the band in high school. Maybe not this band, but he's been in bands since high school. Okay. He's been doing music. I think he did music as part of Year 12. Like I, think, I agree that he did music as part of Year 12, but I think his first band was a uni experience. Right. I think in first year of uni... His first year, right? Um, he saw a thing of like he met some boys. He met some boys yeah. down at the, the like the grotto, <laughs> whatever, like down at the local calf, and they were all like, "Hey, man, like come sit with." Oh, yeah, cool. I like your jersey or something. They yeah. start talking about sporties. And he goes, "I do medicine," and one of them's like, "I am doing medicine too," and the other one's like, "I'm doing law. Com- I'm doing commerce law or whatever." <laughs> it's yeah. like, "Yeah, cool, man." Like, and then they all start chatting, and they all realize, "Oh my god!" Like. You play bass. That's fucking sick. I yeah. play. I play guitar. And I've got this mate, uh, Chase. Yeah. He plays the drums. Um, and he's in. He's in second, third. He's he's a third year. He's a graduate right. student. Right. Yeah. 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 But um, he he's been wanting to start up a band, mate. Like let's let's jump. That's what I think happened. I, I think, think. And then that all of a sudden Shane West from Walk to Remember was thrown into this this scene of band. That's very fun. Mm. I, I believe you on everything except I think this was his third band. Nah. And I think that maybe one of the people in the band was a carryover from his high school years. So he was like, I know a really good bassist. I went to high school with him. That's my one point nah. of disagreement. Nah, I reckon that Shane West got into medical school, all his other mates did, architecture, law, yeah. and a couple a couple are doing real estate. I think a couple did, one like one did music. Yeah, maybe. One. Maybe. 
but I think he went to uni. He'd been there for about two weeks and he's a confident dude. So he wasn't feeling too lonely, but he started going, I don't really see my place. He's like, where are all my mates? Yeah, yeah. It's not the same as high school. He's having that moment that yeah. like, oh, wait, hold on. All my classes are outside. There's times of everyone else's like, what am I doing? And kids, there and, are kids that really want to be doctors. And he was just like, yeah, he, he's just he, like, hold on a second. Like, like, yeah, this is cool, man. Like we're going to do good at this. Like, yeah. And he's just at this point, it's like, I'm just going to cruise into being a doctor. I don't need to be the best doctor. I'm just going to cruise into being a I think a we agree that Shane West... Shane West character in ER when he it came to him deciding what he would do yeah. he didn't know, he was just doing all the things at school yes. he he was like really talking to that careers counselor mm-hmm. and like when he had to fill out which like I don't know if they do it like this in America but when it was like what do you want to do mm-hmm. he just was like I think up until the moment he filled out that form he did he wasn't 100% confident that doctor was yes. going to be like medicine was yes. going to be the number one course. okay yep I'm he was just that. like Medicine? Yeah. He could have been a lawyer. He could have been a... Yeah. But he was just like, I guess medicine? Yeah. Like he'd had a chat with his dad the night before. Yeah. Like him and his dad had um, gone to a, a baseball game together. Yeah. Like they do it every once a month. Like his yeah. dad takes, you know, the night off and they go and they went to a baseball game with him and his cousin. The couple of his... Like the, his uncle and his cousin. So his brother's brother and also his cousin. They'd all yeah. gone to the baseball. So his dad just asked him, he's like, what are you thinking of doing, mate, by the way? Like, what do you think... He was just like, I don't know, fuck, man, I'm sick of fucking worrying about it. Like, I don't want to worry. Well, no, you've got to make your decision. You've got to sign the papers tomorrow, mate. It's like, you'd be a fucking great doctor, mate. I remember it was a real beautiful moment between him and his dad. And he was like, all right. right." He's like, just put down medicine. And look, if you don't like it, you can just transfer. Like, you're doing a science component in medicine. You can just easily make a transfer over, do some engineering if you want to. But, like, I don't, I don't, I think, I think medicine's for you, mate. Here's one piece of colour. And this is why I want to maintain the bands in high school. Mm-hmm. I think that conversation happened with his dad, yes. Mm-hmm. I think it happened a little earlier, and this is how I think it played out. He said to him, Shane. Shane West. Shane West. <laughs> I know you love your music, mate. Yeah. But you you got to... And that's why Mum and I bought you a guitar when you were eight. We, we love that. Yeah. You know, and we would hate for you to ever stop playing in your bands and stuff. Mm. But you gotta do. You gotta pick a career. Hmm. You know, I used to really love, and he'd say some bullshit. Like I used to really love rugby. Hmm. You know, but I had to. You gotta make choices. Bro. I gotta make choices, and I made the choice to be the CEO of an oil conglomerate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, because son, and then he would use the word. <laughs> so. He would use the word security yeah. when he meant greed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, and then he would, but it wasn't, it, there was not like a, there was not like a, you know, that scene in movies like, I want to be a musician and I want to be like, and then the dad's like, you got to be. No, it wasn't that at all. It was just like, let's be real here, yeah. mate. Because what? let's be honest, if, if Shane West is still gigging with this band to this day, his dad comes, goes along because, yeah. because his son's a doctor now. He's like, that's, that's fun. fun. That's fun. Bit of fun. Have your fun. Bit of fun. In fact, a bit quirky. Yeah. Likes that about like he can tell his mates like my, my, my son is a, a doctor, but he's also in a little band. Yeah, and we go 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 to his gigs sometimes. It's like I love fishing. Yeah, you know, yeah. I go on my fishing trips. Yeah, but he had the conversation where he's like, "Son, you're a good kid, yeah. but you got to pick something." You yeah, know? and I don't. And do you mind. reckon that Shane West was like, "All right," like, or do you think? Yeah, he was. He was, just, was like, he was like oh, "Fuck, all right, yeah, why not?" Yeah, because he because here's what I think. Here's the real thing. This is the crux. Here's the crux. Crux. Here's the thing that happened. Yep. In year twelve, this word was floated a lot. Mm. 
backup. Yeah. What's your backup plan? What's your backup plan? Mm. You can always, and in his mind, he always envisioned exactly what we saw that night, that day, mm-hmm. that episode, where he was going to go off to LA and, and be, he was like, well, I'll always be able to do that. And mm-hmm. he told himself every step of the way, mm. oh, I can always go do that. I can always do this. Mm. But step by step by step by step by step, he landed where he was on that episode. Mm. And it was, it, it's a tragic tale. That's really fucking sad. All Shane West wants to be is an artist. But he has to be I a think doctor. he just, I think it, and it was also something that he realised after he'd finished university, after he'd first become a resident, when he realised, like, I'm good at this. And being good at something makes me happy because that's how I've been taught my whole life. If I'm good at it, then that's, you know, all that really matters. You've got to be the best. But he was still lying to himself. Yeah, because maybe he's not he's not truly happy. He, said he can be that. fucking Kat Dennings out the front of his gig. He can be, you know, having girls throwing themselves at him. That's that's the life. That's what makes him happy is the music. He wants to wear his printed tees from yeah. JJ's under Every his day. coat. Yeah, he's sick of waking up at 4 a.m. He just wants to wear his printed tees from JJ's under a leather jacket, not under a doctor's doctor's coat. coat. That's the the truth. Wow. Wow. I'm sorry for taking your funny observation and spending an hour convincing you how sad his story is. That was one of the more entertaining conversations I've had in a long time. So thank you. We do very, very quickly need to talk about Johnny Legs in this episode because as we predicted in the last episode, shit is getting heavy for Victor Clemente. My God. But so, that, that, that shit is not so heavy that it can't be flung into a fan. Yeah. <laughs> For shit has hit the fan. For shit has truly hit the fan. So as we know, last episode, um, his ex-lover from the East Coast came to find him. She is married to a cop. They cannot drill this into the audience enough that she is married to a cop and that he is making her very unhappy. He's pushing her around a He's bit. He's nasty. He's, He's a nasty, nasty bit of goods, right? He's a and bad so Johnny man. Legs not only is now back to having sex and being in love with her, but also it's important for him to protect her. And she's great. She's a bit of fun. I quite enjoy her. Yeah, she's like got her. some name, Jody. Her name's Jody. But uh, she's sexy East Coast yeah, she's lover. Sexy, she's just yeah. sexy East Coast. She's lovely. Anyway, uh, what the fuck was with? So very clearly uh, this cop husband has figured out that Victor Clemente, that's where his wife is. Mm. So this cop husband has sent two of his cop cronies that genuinely rock up at the hospital looking like mob bosses. Yeah, it's very like... It's, it's very like, in the family. <laughs> it's very The Wire yeah. meets, meets the original Scarface. Yes. It's very odd. And they pull him out of surgery to be like, um, we need to talk to you about something. He's like, what's up? Like, and, he, and Johnny Legg's a bit tough in this. He oh, bit, he's, he's a tough he's, boy. He really, like, rah. Yeah, and, like, holds his own against these two. Like, Johnny Legs, we now know, is about five foot six, five foot mm. seven is my guess. So he's not a tall dude. And these two guys, probably upwards of six foot, standing over him, and he holds his own. It's very hot. But they pull him out of surgery and to basically threaten him and say, we know why you left your last hospital. The audience doesn't know yet no, exactly no. why something happened there. And they're like, we essentially, we are going to destroy your career unless you tell us where sexy East coast lady is. 
and Johnny Legs refuses. It's very, very hot. Like, it's very cool and um, very, like, all of a sudden we weren't in a medical drama anymore. We were no. in a crime drama. Yeah. <laughs> and it was so full on. Um, but, yeah, wow, uh, shit's really going down. I can't wait to find out what he does in the next ep. Yeah, wow, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to find out what happens because this story is really getting somewhere. Yeah, it's really, like, it's I'm it's so full on. Um, but they built it up and so now obviously what's, whatever happens in the next episode is like when we'll find out exactly what it is that Victor Clemente did in his past job, whether these two guys are going to hurt Victor, um, whether Jody is a, is, a, is a good guy or a bad guy. Uh, I don't know if Sexy East Coast Lover is... Is lying or not? No, like, are they I, setting it oh, up. Well, this is the two. Th- like, I'm just like, I, I, I assume she's a good, like, she's she's a goodie, and not a baddie. I think she's a goodie because I think I do she think she's loves a goodie. him, and I think I think that she's just in a bad situation because yeah. you know the cops are crooked. Uh, yeah, them them East Coast cro- cops. Yeah, they're crook crooked cops. Crooked cops. Um, but what I love more than anything about ER, what I've really picked up on ER that I'm obsessed with is um, how much they just expect you to go, oh, okay, when people completely change their mind about how about like how relationships just adjust. Like all of a sudden Practical Magic and Victor Clemente, they're friends. Like they went from hating each other, no, they're friends. And yeah. now we're meant to believe that Johnny Legs and this East Coast, like, no, they're in love. <laughs> they're, yeah, I love it. Even though he was like, I want nothing to do with you, fuck off. Only two episodes ago, now in love, completely I in love. F- and we just have to accept the fact that they are in love. And not only are they in love, but they're probably going to sacrifice each other's lives for each other. It's a whole thing now. I am a fiend for network television. That's great. I, I haven't watched network television in years, and now I'm watching this and uh, Star Trek Next Generation. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, we don't like that character anymore. They're gone. Yeah. And Bye-bye. then it's like, and like, so I'm, I'm on season two. I think if I said this to you, I'm on season two of Star Trek Next Generation, right? Mm. It's this character, it's been a whole season. She's like the love interest of mm. Jean-Luc Picard. She's gone. Mm. I liked her a lot. She's now gone. She's gone. She's gone. She got another gig. Well, no, apparently I looked it up. I'm like, why is she just gone? Mm. And then I looked it up because I was like, Cause she's in the movies. I looked it up. Apparently the showrunner didn't like her. Oh, fuck off. Right? So he was just like, she's gone. Bye-bye. And then they replaced her with a new character, right? But I looked it up and they're like, apparently because this is so network television in the 80s, because of a letter writing campaign, they brought her back in season three. Oh, God. Right? So I'm watching season two being like, it's okay, she'll mm. come back. Mm. But now I'm getting attached to the new doctor yeah. on, the, on the Starship Enterprise. And then I'm like, oh. So she's just going to be gone. Do you know what um, this has just reminded me of? Because this character now is going to pop up for you in season three and you're going to be really wrapped, but they'll probably only pop up for like an episode or two and then that's going to crush you because you'll want them to be back for a bit. Did you watch, did you watch Buffy? I know we've been through this. You didn't really watch Buffy, did you? Uh, a little bit. I watched, I watched it when it was coming out. I was in like love. a couple of seasons. My first ever proper celebrity crush. Like we've all been through the fact that I had a – weird little thing for meatloaf in Rocky Horror. But my first proper celebrity crush was Seth Green in Buffy. All right? So we know this. As that's great. Oz in Buffy. Uh, yeah, I do know that, but that's funny. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so spoiler warning, here's some spoilers coming out for Buffy. So if you're like in the middle of watching Buffy for some reason, you can stop listening to this podcast. Mine was Trinity. Yeah, I knew that. Um, if I'd been quizzed on you, I would have guessed my that. My meatloaf was Baby Spice. Mm-hmm. My Seth Green was Trinity. Yeah, but you also liked Wednesday Adams, didn't you? Was that you? 
No, but I'll I'll, I'll go with that. Yeah, yeah that was. But I didn't. But I'll I'll, I'll add that. Right, no, it was great. Baby Spice. Then it was Trinity. Um. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Seth Green was a consistent character from season two to season four, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, they tease it a little bit, but he they just he's gone. Like there's a whole episode about why he has to – it was the most heartbreaking thing that has ever happened to me because one of the main reasons I watched that show was for him. And then a season later he pops up again and you're like, oh, my God, he's back. He's back for one episode. And it was the most heartbreaking thing to my little 12-year-old heart that had ever happened in my life. And I am worried about how they're going to get rid of Johnny Legs because we know, we know going into this that Johnny Legs is not in ER – for very long. It's 12 episodes or some shit. And we're getting close to the end. We're getting close to the end. If they just, and he's gone, I will be so mad at ER, I can't even explain. Anyway, we should No, keep- no, I just, I fully agree with you on yeah. that. It's just like, if, if I, he, he needs to have a big exit. Yeah. If anything, respect his trajectory in film. Where he just, he always has a dramatic death. Let him die. Let him have a death. Let him have a death. Or let him have a runoff with this this cool girl from... Yeah. Let him be like, I'm going to... Leave gonna... a letter? Like, leave a letter. Let that, him... I'd even like that. But if it's just that we've had to transfer him out. If, if, if it is a... If it is a... And that's what happened on Star... If it is like... Okay, that's odd that that was his last episode. So I watched the next one and it's like, what happened to Clemente? Oh, he transferred back to the East Coast. I will come for you, ER. Oh my God, we will end you. <laughs> you will be cancelled. Yeah, we're going to cancel end of the ER. Summer. We will cancel ER. We'll ruin your legacy. Um, my Leguistamos for this episode, one hundred percent, is for Leguistamos because it's getting dramatic and it's getting good. And I tasted this last week in last week's episode that we did, and I knew it was coming. And I can just feel, I can feel the excitement. The Clemente is here, baby. I need to ask you, and this is like full disclosure, because this is a little off. Off, what did what have I been giving it? Three and a halfs. Is that what I've threes, been giving it? Yeah, I gave. I was doing the same, and then last week I believe I gave it a four, um, because I knew that this was coming, and I felt that, and that feeling was worth and I four. Held and off. now I'm. Yeah, you held off. Yeah, I'll give it a four. Then. <gasps> yeah. High five. Yeah, was- I'll give it a four. I don't think it can get any higher than a four and a half on an ensemble show. No, we'll see. Although, if this was a practical magic arama, mm-hmm. this would be a five practical magic. It's not, though. I, I dislike the character pra- practical magic plays so much. Oh, there was a, here's a very... We'll end on this very happy note. It's not very happy at all. It's very sad. Right. We can, we, we, we're the bosses of this. this is we're not cutting to I, the I'm news. not a fan you of the character. You can take your time with this I story. Also don't, I don't know any of their names, but Practical Magic's character. The actor seems nice enough and he's also quite hot, but the, the character that Practical Magic plays, can't stand him. There's a character that comes in, it's just one, like one episode, because obviously with a medical drama you get a lot of like patients and their stories. And one of the stories is this 15-year-old girl um, that comes in. Oh, are we going to like drop this no, really no, heavy talk- thing? Like just, oh, just what, like, this is a heavy, heavy story. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, no. You're just like, just one thing. Uh, <laughs> no, well, no, I'm not going to smash out that part. Okay. I was just right. going to, you do it very loosely. <laughs> okay. um, this is a very heavy storyline, but loosely so I can talk about what happens. Uh, this 15 year old girl is pregnant and the discussion is whether or not her and her family approve of her yeah, terminating the right. pregnancy or keeping the baby. There's obviously a lot more to it. It's than a heavy it's very story. Heavy. Very big. But bend it like Beckham goes to Practical Magic and says, I'm sorry, but like. Could I say one thing? Yeah. You're literally like, I just want to say one quick thing. 
And then you're like saying this thing that I just deeply disagree with. What? And I'm like, oh my God, say it, say it. What are you, you going to say? I'll, I'll explain what I'm saying. I'll go, say no, 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 no. I don't think you're going to disagree with what okay, I'm going to sure, say sure. because it's not a choice thing. I'm not talking about the choice okay. between the two. But uh, Bender Like Beckham goes to Practical Magic and says, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't think that that decision you made is the right decision for this patient. I really think you should reconsider. And then Practical Magic goes, I'm not going to do that. And then um, Bender Like Beckham goes, well, please let me go get a second opinion then. And Practical Magic turns around and gives Bender Like Beckham the worst look and basically is just like, essentially like, get the fuck out of my, how dare you second guess what I'm saying? Get the fuck out of my face. And like embarrasses Bender Like Beckham, feels all like Bender Like Beckham walks away. And then the next scene, Practical Magic is doing what Bender Like Beckham asked. And it just, do you get what I'm saying? Okay. Like, so what drives me crazy in this is that Practical Magic's character made Bender like Beckham feel like shit about something and then just went and did it anyway without Mish. addressing it with Ben or apologizing. Mish, mm-hmm. you've literally, here's what's happened. And this is a dilemma to me because yeah. we're an hour and seven minutes into this <laughs> podcast, right? I said, I give this five Practical Magics out of five Practical Magics, which was to say, I think this was a great episode particularly in relation to that character. And then you say, I just want to say one quick thing before the end of the podcast. This was shit. (laughs) And now I'm like, I want to defend practical magic so bad. You can if you want to. Do you want? We can spend five minutes. No, we can because I no. My issue is not with my issue is not with the decision because I I know what you're saying, like what you're about to say. What are you What are you predicting? I'm going to say that he did the right thing. No, no, not necessarily. I, I'm not defending practical magic here, right? This is so funny. This is so funny because it's just... Should we talk about this off pod? No, 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 no. It's just... Re- I'm like... I Because I'm like, I agree with you. We should wrap it up. Yeah. But it's just like uh, me. It's just me. I'm just like such a little bitch that I'm like, ah, no. <laughs> just, I just, I'm a big fan of like, we've done the star ratings. Just quickly... Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, so here's, here's, here's what I think. I think I just loved, I, I cry, I don't cry much. And I cried watching this episode and I cried watching that story. Mm-hmm. And I cried because of like his character arc. Mm-hmm. And I loved, I'm not saying he made the, like, I get what you're saying. You're talking about like the character and how he treated her. Yes. I want to make that very clear. I wasn't, we can talk about the whole story, but the story, like we said, is very heavy. Yeah. I wasn't talking about the story or his arc and I hear what you're saying. It was a fucking beautiful moment to watch. What I'm saying is how pissy I got with him when he was just like, fuck off. And then did it anyway. It just felt like such a weird little like power dynamic grossness that I did not like and I would have very much liked to have seen the conversation where he deeply apologised to Bendit like Beckham for speaking to her like that and and also explained to her, by the way, I ended up doing what you suggested and it was better for me rather than being like, fuck you. Like, yeah. I see. Here's what I loved about it, and I really can't. I really don't want to go too deep into it. No, it's all right. We don't have to. I loved. I loved. For a network TV show, I loved the grayness. Of, it's like here's a Catholic character, doing something that doesn't align with his beliefs, but it's the better thing to do as a doctor. But he's not even doing it by the book, because he's just. I just loved the grayness of the whole thing because I think. What I took that to be was she was like confronting the parents and she was like, we need to take this to the 
Like we need to take this to the, um, we need to take this to like the lawyers at the hospital and we need to like emancipate her from the parents and we need to like, Mm -hmm. and I took it to be him just being like, or we just, this one time we do the grey thing, we do it quietly, we do it almost illegally. And I'm not saying I agree with his decision or not, and I'm not saying I agree, but I was just like, I love the moral complexity of that moment. I just thought it was a really interesting thing that you think, you th- I just, I just, you think it's going to be about like, it's going to be about like, I, I was with her, the character all along, right? And you think it's going to be about like, this moral question of do it or not do it. But what it's a moral question of is like, do it loudly, like do it with a fight or do it quietly and fight another day. And like, I just thought there was something, that's what made me cry, like that complexity of the whole thing, mm. the greyness of the whole thing, not agreeing with any of the choices of the characters, not, not saying he did the right thing yeah. the way he did it. I just was like, that's, it just made me feel so many emotions. And I just saw the complexity in his character in that moment. Here's a guy who's an asshole. Here's a guy who's Catholic. Here's a guy who's being a prick to this. Uh, but there's this like sliver of like just gray. And I loved it. Okay. I loved it for that. I loved it for the fact that it was like a little wobbly. Okay. So not saying I agree with, say that I'm not disagreeing No, I hear what you're you. saying. I hear what you're saying. I think that what I was talking about was not about the complexities of the moral dilemma, yeah. which I, which you and I are on the same page for. I thought that was very interesting. What I don't like is how this character speaks to other people. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's, yeah. It, it was one of those things where it was like, it was just like, because I was like watching it, I was like, and then he's going to sit her down and explain what yeah. happened, right? But it's almost, because I don't like, I didn't like, it, 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 then, then like they purposefully had a scene where she comes back and he's like, don't worry about it. It was like, it was so rude. Mm. And I, I love that they made that choice. Okay. Like I, I love saying. that they, the writers, made that choice for him to do that dick move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what no, I mean? No, I hear what it's you're like, saying. And, and so that's where I'm like, dip, like it's like, I don't disagree and I think the with you that it was, was a dick move. The weight was even heavier. I just liked heavier. it as a storyteller. Yeah, the know? weight was even heavier because obviously him and Liar Liar are dealing with whether or not they're going to have this child. Yeah. And he's so heavily influenced by tradition and, um, uh, you know, d- d- faith and all of that. I d- and, and I like, love- and whether on like, yeah, that that was very interesting. I get that. I don't like how he spoke. I'm a big fan of Bend It Like Beckham. Yeah, I and feel I you, think mate. that she and I, when it comes to this kind of ethical issue, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I know. I'm feeling you. Yeah. And this is all all I'm saying. And that's why I was like, this isn't a disagreement. Mm. I was just like, we're an hour seven in, <laughs> yeah. and you're opening up a can of worms. Yeah. I don't disagree with you because mm. I'm talking. I'm talking about the writers. You're talking about the characters. We're having yeah. a different conversation. Yes, yes. I just wanted to come in and be like, I loved that moment. Yeah. It was very interesting. It's like anyway. Go, yeah. Sorry. No. 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 And also. Um, Obviously, with all the trigger warnings we gave earlier, this is a very interesting episode of ER. I think it make, it sets it apart from other medical dramas, is that they do handle some of this shit. They deal with this shit. I love um, a show. Every single episode that we've done, I've always been like, when I've been watching, I'm like, whoa, okay, like we're going to have to give a trigger warning for that. We're going to They really do deal with some heavy shit on this show. Oh, yeah. And unlike other shows that do deal with those things, but they deal with it in this kind of very cookie-cutter kind of safe way, it feels it feels a lot more edgy. This, there's almost this a show. sense, there's a sense on like on a, on a, on a, 
like a what's it Grey's Anatomy it's like this person it's like it it is usually like just the debate that mm. they're having is the only sort of question they're dealing with. It's yeah, like if Grey's Anatomy would not have handled this subject matter the way that ER did. Like in Grey's Anatomy, it's like one person's for, one person's against, and it, the characters are kind of irrelevant. It's just mm. the whereas in ER, it's like exactly what you said. Why like they the same that thing? Way, yeah. It's the same result, mm. but it's about how the characters feel about it. It's about there's mm. just so much like moral grey yeah. in ER, which is so impressive for like a. Like just a Wednesday night, nine thirty, you yeah. start George Clooney. <laughs> like yeah. It's like, oh, that's a complex choice they've made. Yeah. Also, three weeks ago there was a monkey in this hospital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's what I mean. It's like, but also in and amongst all of that, Shane West wants to make it big with his boy band. <laughs> what a roller coaster. <laughs> Anyway, I enjoyed watching this episode. It was cool. I'm really into ER. I'm sad that it's going to end for us soon, but I'm equally excited to go back to watching some films that John Legs has done. That's yeah, me too, man. And he's made like 50 in the last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, I'm just going to end on this. It'll be 30 seconds. Did you see the trailer I tagged you in? I'm just, just going to end on this. I'm just going to end on this. And then you're just like, um, <laughs> just like oh, no. No, I, we have to do Oh, my God, this no. is the longest episode ever. Should no, we? it's fine. We do long episodes. Episodes. That's our brand. Yeah, Just because we've been doing them quick, Zach's been on tour doesn't mean we can't make a long one. <laughs> this is true. And did you watch the trailer for The Menu? I haven't yet. Oh my God, you're going to die. John Legs is a movie that's coming out in November called The Menu. Oh my God. I can't explain how much the trailer... I, I'm, sal- I'm salivating. I'm salivating. Salivating? Salivating. Because yeah, it's about food, I'm, I guess. Yeah. No, 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 no. I've never seen a trailer that is more equal parts Zach and Mish... <gasps> In my fucking life. In my fucking life. Mish, this is like a, this is like a, uh, what's the word? Like a cliffhanger. Yeah. I will watch the trailer. We will discuss it next podcast. Oh my God, I'm going to wee myself. Um, uh, Tom, can you take us out with that Kate Bush song? Fucking hell, man. Let's do it. Let's reclaim it. What was it? No, we're not reclaiming it. We're, we're driving it to the ground. Well, let's pick another Kate Bush song. No. Babushka. Okay, Babushka then. <laughs> All right, we love you all. We'll have a chat with you next week. See ya. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.